Hello, hello, hello. I'm glad to be here with you guys and you girls, you people of great value on the earth and in the cosmos. Um, it recently dawned on me that some of you listeners might not be Christians, and that's pretty cool. Um, and I wanted to just let you guys know that the wisdom I'm trying to share is for everybody. And as such, I think um, values, good values, moral values are good for all of society. So my aim is to make everyone's lives better. My aim is not to um, just persuade people to become Christians or to um, walk the life um, path I do. Now, if you want to follow Jesus, I think that's really cool. There's some great benefits to following Jesus. Um, a lot of spiritual, uh, physical, emotional um, benefits um, with uh, very interesting, um, uh, I guess the best way to put it is dimensional properties. Um, there's some interesting things that happen when you operate with Jesus. I was just talking to a young man the other day um, who, whom I did actually lead to Christ, but that wasn't the point of me talking to him. I um, basically told him that the systems were coming down. And uh, he was a young man that was going into the cybersecurity, um, I guess, field. And uh, he, I told him that it's going to be very important for what he, what the future of um, America is going to be dealing with, uh, what the world is going to be dealing with. And I just said, you know, all of these things are changing so rapidly because the foundation was off. There are things that were part of all these systems that we encounter that have corrupted the... I, I think the first intention for the things that we would create here on earth. Um, the reason I say that is because, you know, obviously, um, right now we're in a time where um, we're looking at our churches. Um, some are, some churches are thriving, but some of our churches are um, on the brink of... Um, having to either disband or, um, you know, right now figure out different ways to get people in the church, people tithing, you know, I think churches are thinking about money, um, you know, rightfully so you got to keep the lights on, right? But recently I've been reading about, um, how to properly build churches how to properly build leaders and um, also a glimpse into the future, the possible future. Um, and I feel like the Lord's told me a couple times that people of faith, whether Christians, non-Christians, um, I believe all religions are going to be under fire, but obviously Christians are going to have it the worst. I think that especially the people of God there's going to be a period of time where 
um, people might have to go back underground to worship freely at least or to worship in a space together with other people that are like you I think that we're seeing it already in China um, we've seen it in countries like Russia obviously wherever there's socialism or communism there's a heavy push against Christianity some of you guys might be in countries right now where um, it's hard to do what it is you want to freely do which is worship Yahweh especially with other people I'm doing this podcast because I'm, you know, figuring this out myself. I'm uh, finishing up seminary right now. And, um, you know, one of my classes, we're talking about building home groups, building cell groups, small groups, whatever you want to call them. I'd like to call mine a kingdom group, but that's just me. But nevertheless, um, people... You know, since the 90s especially, Christians have been uh, meeting together in small groups. And most of the time, people have been uh, coming to these home groups because they wanted fellowship, belonging. Um, obviously, you know, with, with a small group, usually there's a little bit of word, there's some worship. Um, but there's some key differences um, with what I'm seeing um, in our churches now and what we're supposed to be doing um, what um, a lot of cutting edge creative uh, leaders are finding out is that we've been coming to these places um, not to find like a purpose or motivation to go out and do service and evangelism we've just come to those groups because we wanted to be with people you know and it's not a bad thing but I think what we're finding, you know, some of these churches are not thriving right now because the purpose for being um, uh, hasn't been uh, as readily available, meaning the people of God have been going to belong in um, a group or have a culture or have some sort of um, identity marked by God and, you know, the best way people could articulate, you know, the way to meet the need is to just meet with people, be with people, you know, Acts 2.42. The, the process of going through a small group and doing it the old way versus the new way is that um, in the end, it's a group of people that meet just to see one another and then maybe intellectually ascend, maybe learn about the Bible more, you know, you learn about God a little bit more, but at the day, there's no overflow. What I mean by that is a home church, a church, small group, whatever, everything is supposed to be built on discipleship, and discipleship is a word that a lot of people, you know, we just kind of throw it around. What I mean by discipleship is to actually help others grow in maturity of Christ and then also sh um, have them move or engage into helping others grow into Christ. So it's a multiplication effort where we're growing up leaders or helping people reach Christian maturity. And um, we're also pointing people back to these mandates or the you know the great commission 
to go out to the earth to share the good news uh, to the end of the earth. You know, I forgot the first one, but my daughter's name is Samaria. So um, to Samaria, right? Um, and I, I mention all this because there's a couple things happening right now, which, you know, some of you guys might be aware of. You're in different countries, but America is facing um, uh, almost a civil war of sorts uh, in the political realm. We have uh, blue states and red states again, and we have interest, political interests, corporate interests weighing in on what education systems uh, can can't be doing, what they should and shouldn't be doing, especially when we're talking about children, young children, right? We're talking about issues of morality, and for some of you guys don't know, we're talking about... Um, issues dealing with same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex sexuality, and how that's addressed in the school systems. Now, a lot of parents are coming out and saying, look, we don't want this, understandably so, but what's happening is some of the states are uh, coming down on the parents or pushing through laws or creating um, educational hazards by way of creating um, these laws or enacting these laws which make it all right for teachers to talk to kids about things they have no need talking about at age eight right so where what you know where's this come in with the building the church this is building church build your church too okay and the reason people have to start thinking along the lines of building home churches building spaces of worship building private spaces of fellowship is because um, we're not too far off as a generation where if they're going to say, hey, we can teach our kids a certain way because we have the right, we think this is safe or this is what we need to do as a country, or, then, you know, um, how many years is it down the road to where they're saying, hey, um, this is what kind of uh, worship you need to have in your church or this is these are the things that you need to not be saying because this is offensive or this is something that can um, cause a disturbance in society we're not too far from that what um, many people don't realize is that if um, you have one uh, matter take precedent in history Somebody is going to look at that and see how far they can push the envelope. Okay. Now, if you're not a conspiracy theorist and that's not something that's up your alley, then um, I'll give you some other reasons why um, we are in the need uh, or uh, should be in the mode of building churches, right? Um, I'll get very practical on you guys for a second and I'll share with you some information that I've collected myself if I can find it and one thing that um, you should know there are different types of groups to consider um, and you guys ask yourself you know why is he talking about small groups right now um, 
I'm talking about small groups because you and you and you need to be uh, leading a small group or leading other people um, and the discussion and the thought processing um, of uh, Christian maturity, accountability, spiritual oversight, pastoral care. Um, those are, are things that we need to be engaging with. Um, not, it's not, again, it's not a bad thing that people want to meet in fellowship to hang out, to have some refreshments, right? But if that's all you're coming to a small group for, then you're missing the point. Because at the end of the day, there are people that are counting on us. They don't know it yet, but the Lord sent us as restorers into the earth. And there's something different about meeting with people face-to-face, reading through the scripture, worshiping, and then engaging the problems of life in a safe space where people can ask questions, be prayed for, um, be encouraged individually, you know. Those are important. They're important because for many reasons. One of them is there's an example of Christ that's uh, put on display in the midst of those meetings. Um, discipleship is not just informational. It's incarnational. Right? So people need to see the work of the cross in your life. The Secondly, there's something that happens um, when you foster um, an evangelistic spirit, especially when you're in small groups. There is um, a way in which uh, a group can go out to the community. Um, they can find their purpose. They can answer the Great Commission. They can fulfill mandates. And they can make a difference. Um, so small groups serve many purposes but they're not just for fellowship they're for the multiplication of the kingdom where um, we can enter into spaces that typically aren't frequented by Christ Christians um, in a, an evangelistic manner at least and um, we can let's see I have a list here you guys should just google it though there's a, you guys Google 25 things small groups can do. Um, you know, you join HOA parties, right? Just crash the party. Bunch of Christians, right? Um, you go and do yard work, take out trash, do painting, you know, whatever. Go to soup kitchens, pantries. So many things we can do as a community, but we have to do it, right? We have to show up. Now, um, how this ties in with what I usually talk about is um, we have to start practicing, I think, for the next generation. I don't think that we're going to have any problems right now in this season. In fact, I think we're going to have um, a time of Jubilee. I think we're going to have a time of um, restoration, another golden age of sorts. And I think... Um, once this breaks through, once there's a breakthrough 
a lot of strongholds are going to come down. I think a lot of systems are going to start reformatting themselves to um, be about the people. To you know, in some ways, they'd be honoring God, right? The systems don't know it, but they're out of alignment, right? So you see it everywhere. You see politics, um, teachers, you know, talking about the sex stuff. Um, you have businesses. Um, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the stock market, but businesses are floundering right now um, because uh, a lot of the hedges, a lot of the bets they've been making have not been panning out, especially if they've been getting into politics. Um, and then even if they haven't been messing with the politics, um, uh, there's shortages of resources, right? So some companies aren't able to... Uh, push as hard into production you know what does that do right so it drives the price up and then people are not going to either buy your product or um, they're going to buy it and then go into debt and so we have a lot of weird things happening with that we also have healthcare as we know healthcare is a mess um, I don't know if they're a part of the pandemic or not but they took every drop of Kool-Aid they can get and, um, you know, they ran with it. And I think out of fear and out of um, misunderstanding, I think they went a little too far. Um, and then, obviously, our governments, right? Uh, laws are being changed or put in place to help with the voting process. But many people... I am one of them, feels if the last election was tampered with. Now, to what degree, I don't know. I have, I have my theories, but, you know, I might have to share those some other time. But if you want information about that, uh, check. There's a movie that's going to come out in May. I think it's called 20 Meals. And the short of it is that there were people that were paid to drop off uh, ballots um, of dead people or fake ballots, whatever, um, to different drop-off spots. They have video evidence. They have um, personal testimony. Uh, people actually saying, hey, I did it. I was a part of it. Um, why they've come forward, I don't know. I think um, that's a part of what was is going to be happening in this time of Jubilee. The truth is going to be coming out about a lot of things, a lot of corruption. And... Um, it's the same with our churches, right? I believe, you know, some of the churches that are looking at engaging the community and looking at doing the work of the kingdom and not work, worried about, um, you know, the purpose of filling seats, for instance, right? Um, or getting enough tithes going. Like people that are not uh, leadership in churches that are not worried about that are going to thrive because I think their heart is in the right place. So all that to say the home church um, or the small group or the cell group it's a power core right we we get you know some filling we have some great worship in churches right on a Sunday morning but it doesn't quite get to the crux of the problem that we are dealing with that in that season not all the way at least right especially now when we're dealing with what we're dealing with as a people as a human race we need to be understanding what God is doing ahead of time, right? Like the sons of Issachar. What is God doing in the skies? What is he showing us? 
right? You and I can see some of the signs, right? But as a group, as a Christian collective group of people, as a large body of people all over the world, many of us are still thinking along the lines of um, the laws of physics as it pertains to Earth, right? And I think we're kind of thinking, you know, sort of in a, we're almost disillusioned, right? We think, for instance, that, um, you know, our politicians or our bankers, our financiers have some shred of humanity, right? Where they won't take the system or they won't, you know, hold on to the bitter end onto the stocks to see as many, you know, see how many people they can get to sell stocks, you know, after calling their bluff and then they just, you know, dump them back in when enough has, you know, been recouped. I don't know um, much about stocks, but I do know that um, there's some corrupt stuff going on there too. Okay. The point of the matter is that we can't see these things if we're not operating in another realm. And so I brought up the earth realm, laws of physics, I guess, is because they are things that are changing uh, spiritually over all these different systems, which are changing the game up. So the, the evil or the lack of um, willingness to honor God in all these different areas has gone up 10, 20, 30% in all the areas. What that means is that we have to open up our minds and our imaginations to start to conceive that some of the things we're going to see are unimaginable. Some of the things that we're going to understand when the truth comes out, it's going to be like, wow, mind blown, right? I didn't know that person could do that. And so we've seen it in a little, you know, little ways, right? Um, you know, we have the whole Hillsong Church thing, right? Tough. Carl Lentz, Brian... Bobby Houston, you know, I watched a lot of their sermons. Um, it, it's unfortunate with Brian and Bobby because obviously I don't think they had anything to do with the stuff that they were being accused of, but, you know, whatever. Um, I did sense for some time, though, that that church was going to have to go through a bumpy road because they were too big. Um, and their branding, the way that they did their church planting it was predicated on having very, um, uh, you know, great, uh, shiny, you know, well-spoken uh, leaders, right, at each at each campus. Sometimes Christian maturity does not show up when all the other things do, right? Um, some people can be very very gifted speakers, very gifted teachers, but really have no. Um, Understanding of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in their life and others. Um, and that's just one system, the religion system, right? We have to take matters into our own hands, right? And I'm speaking to you prophets and you apostles and, you know, you highly spiritual Christians out there that see all this stuff. I'm essentially saying that also the people need you. The people in the church and outside the church need you because you are the only one that can see what's really happening and articulate what's happening. 
what's happened in the past is people have said, hey, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, right? Especially, you know, some of the weird kooky prophets, and nobody listens to them, right? And all of a sudden, it's too late, and he's, they're like, I told you so, right? Where it comes in with home churches and small churches is that you, yourself, with the understanding, the gifting, the skills, you have to be the one to help the next generation grow or move into the next season, right? The kingdom of rest, the Kesedic order. It doesn't happen overnight, but I'm saying we got to get ready. So practically building your church, it starts with growing leaderships, uh, leadership groups. It starts with finding people that are like you that want to go deep and um, entails prayer and vision casting um, prayers is a necessity you want to ask God who should be a part of your group you want to um, you want to ask God um, where it should be right because spaces are very important and then you you are a pastor you are a priest even if you're in a church you're an extension of the eldership and you need to see yourself as such I think another thing that's wrong with our system is that if we're not growing the next generation, then we're not going to have a next generation. And so most of our churches, what they do is they hold on to their like key leaders as long as they can. And they don't promote people into new offices or new places to engage um, with ministry. There's... You know, inherently with all this, all these groups, once you figure out the small stuff, you know, the where, the who, the what, you know, it is simply a matter of discipleship relationships, um, you know, to helping the community grow in size and strength. And it's a group of people that are being intentional about helping someone else grasp the deeper truths of the word of God. So you start to think about the people in your life family members, your children, your loved ones, and you start discipling them, and you start holding Bible studies, you know, you start talking about the Word of God, and how to apply it to daily life. We're entering into a time where incarnational um, theology is necessary for the fruition of our church. Um, if we are not incarnational living, then we're just gathering information, making ourselves better you know, by understanding ourselves, you know, we're getting over things, hurts, hangups, and habits, but we're not touching anybody else's life if we're not doing the service and evangelism and teaching that, teaching how to move into spaces and to love other people and to be a light and to share the gospel when it's necessary, when the Lord tells you to. These are all important um, in the grand scope of things. Obviously, everybody has a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, discipleship is not like the next greatest thing. It's, um, it's been, it was modeled by Jesus. He was the first one to do it. He gathered 12 unto himself. Um, but what he always mentioned, um, as, you know, along with you know, fellowship and breaking of bread together and everything, um, was that you are a new creation in Christ. You are... Uh, you have Jesus in you, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you are called to do the work of the Lord, whether you're in a home group or not. 
whether or not um, you have people around you that are pushing you to grow spiritually, to, to understand the deeper truths of the Lord. This is something that has spanned uh, time, space, ages, and uh, it remains timeless. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to reach the lost. Um, we want to equip believers for the task in these home groups. We want to become a resource of the community, foster community. We want to grow leaders, subsequently help them grow small groups. And um, like I mentioned before, um, in these small groups, uh, we want to have the core elements uh, exemplified. We want to have prayer, biblical fellowship, service and evangelism. And um, we want to have, uh, you know, engagement, personal engagement. We want to be in the lives of the people we're, uh, you know, in these communities with. And they need to be able to call us up when they're moving or when they need help or whatever's going on. We are there for each other because we'll model that for the communities we touch as well. Um, I wanted to thank you guys for listening. This is very practical. Um, this wasn't mystical at all. <laughs> But, you know, for us to go there, for us to have ascension groups, for us to, um, you know, be in unity, for us to have power in numbers and, and, you know, strength in numbers, we have to understand what we're coming up against, where we're headed, and how we're going to get there. Um, so, you know, I think we're starting off slow as, you know, this generation is, you know, moving into the new age, the next age. But we're starting to get the hang of it. We're starting to understand that we need extended times of worship. We need intimate times of fellowship. And we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We're creating those spaces. And right now, um, I think uh, we won't see them come completely um, into the purview as a need. But I believe people that have had to leave churches are going to find that small groups and home churches and all that are, are very timely for them. So that's my prayer um, for you guys and for your loved ones. Um, and um, yeah, let's do this. I'll pray for you guys now. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the people that are uh, listening. I thank you for the people that they know. I thank you for the people that are listening way later into the future, right? And um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch their ministries, touch their lives, um, increase their understanding and knowledge and wisdom, increase their discernment. And Lord, um, I just pray that um, it doesn't get lost on us that, you know, all of this is about you. Um, to enjoy you, to um, enjoy the the mission that you present for us, um, and I just pray that we uh, come to um, understanding that you're already ahead of all of this. It's all on your shoulders. We're just sitting in our seat and looking at the work of your hands. So we thank you, Yahweh, for leading us into promised, uh, spacious places. All right, guys, until next time, love y'all.